All right, y'all, welcome back here to another episode of the Easy Money Sports Podcast. Uh, of course, myself, Sanders here as always. I got my boy Dupree with me here. Yo, what it do? What it do? What it Man. do? Man. How you, how you living, bro? How you living? I'm good right now, man. I am, uh, I'm actually in Florida right now. Um, yeah, this kid's on spring break this week, so... Um, I'm down here with the softball team. Um, they got a uh, been down here all week playing some games and stuff like that. So I'm down here been with him in the in the Orlando area. So uh, enjoying the enjoying the uh, quote unquote week off per se before we get back to it on Monday. Start spring ball and everything. So what about you, man? Ooh, that man in Florida. Yeah, warm weather. Yeah, I'm trying to get as much of the warm weather as I can before I go back. <laughs> Dang, what would they be? What, what? Damn, what, what breasting on TikTok? It must be nice. Must be nice. <laughs> <laughs> Man, cause yeah, right now, bro, in Tennessee, right now, Tennessee, bro, they getting uh, we getting like we getting supposed to be getting some snow here today. Oh man, tonight, some, bro. Some more. Right now, I got. Then I was coming on right now. Yeah. That's, just a little, y'all hard, man. A little, yeah, a little. For real, for real, like, it's coming, bro. Hopefully, it's the. I really hope this is the last time that we got to deal with it, cause I, yeah, I don't know if I can take this no more, bro. <laughs> no, I, trust me, trust me. If anybody understands, I do. I'm fully. Expecting, oh yeah, oh yeah, you know. <laughs> to fly back on Sunday and to land to see snow on the ground, so. I'm just preparing my <laughs> mental right now for it. You see what I'm saying? Man. That's it, man. That's it. So, but yeah, I've been good, man. I've been good. No complaints. Man. For sure, bro. Yeah, we had to get back on one. It's It's been a uh, just a short little minute since we had uh, the last episode. Man, we uh, we into, we into the, that crazy time of the year, bro. It's March. Yeah. You know, Right now we got um man the NCAA tournament gonna be coming up here soon. So right now we got all the conference tournaments going on. Um everybody fighting for bids and automatic qualifiers and winning conference championships and trying to get those bids, those bubble teams, trying to make their last case on who should be in and who should be out. Uh the uh, NBA is about in this last month of the season. Um, so of course teams out there fighting and jockeying uh for position, trying to make the playoffs, getting the play in, avoid the play in, uh get into it, whatever, all type of phases and facets of it. Um MLB baseball ended this lockout. Um so full season should be coming along uh, sometime yep. next month. It's gonna be interesting to see, gonna be great to see. Uh but of course, like always, the, the NFL. <laughs> the NFL finds its way to make headlines in the offseason to come and steal the show. <laughs> Man, and, and nothing more crazy than everything that went down back on uh on on this past Tuesday. Uh so of course the first thing that comes about that everyone hears that gets the, the, the news on is Aaron Rodgers staying put in Green Bay with the uh 
the numbers say here four years, two hundred million dollars, a hundred and fifty-three million guaranteed. Ooh wee, boy, that that sound. I saw that. I was like, that's an NBA contract right there. I said, you don't see, you don't really see that too often in the NFL. Um, uh, but that boy playing for the Minnesota Wild, boy playing. Man, hockey. I'm saying, and the Twins or somebody, boy, that, that was, that was, <laughs> boy playing baseball money, basketball money. I'm like. Yeah, hundred fifty, hundred fifty three million guaranteed. But man, um, for me, when the news first broke out, I was just like, man, Aaron Rodgers really did all this, bro. This hyping up and this the last dance and trying to channel his inner Michael Jordan and everything. And this the last time we gonna run it back. And they go one and done in the playoffs. So it's just like, man, that's how you gonna end it. And then. You know, it's the rumors and the murmurs saying, well, you know, maybe he's going to Denver. Maybe he's going to Tampa Bay. Oh, he got him a little house in Nashville, Brentwood area. He's probably going to the Titans. And the whole time, he stays in Green Bay. Um, <laughs> Man, what, what's your initial thoughts and uh, reaction, of course, when the news broke out about the contract? And another thing, Aaron Rodgers is saying that the numbers isn't right. Uh, he hasn't signed anything yet. That's not the correct numbers. Um, but he's staying with Green Bay. So, what's what's uh yeah? What's your thoughts on the initial reactions and and moving forward? What what happens now with I mean the Packers and then everybody else who I guess was even trying to gun for him or just the NFC in general? Yeah, initially I was not uh, surprised um, with him staying in Green Bay. I don't know if you remember this sentence, but we were, t- you know, we talked about this during the season about this potentially being his last year in Green Bay and where we thought he could possibly end up. And um, I had two teams. One of those teams was Green Bay. I, I saw and thought that him staying in Green Bay would make the the most sense, um, especially uh, this is before the the playoffs. So especially after what happened in the playoffs and you you get the number one seed home field advantage and you go out and you lay a lay an egg like that against San Francisco, um, him re-signing with Green Bay does not surprise me at all. Uh, the numbers, he's saying the numbers aren't right. The numbers are correct. Regardless, he's going to end up back in, in Green Bay. Um, I personally picked Green Bay to get out or the NFC and represent the NFC in the Super Bowl. Um, so that's how highly I thought of Green Bay, especially when you have to go through Green Bay to Lambeau Field and play them at home. Um, I just thought that they had a squad and they had a team and they were getting healthy at the right time to be able to make a run for the Super Bowl. Um, so I, I, this, it doesn't surprise me that he's he's back in Green Bay at all to try to run it back with his guys. I think he'll end up retiring at Green Bay when it's all said and done. At this point, it's been 18 years now, so him retiring there makes the most sense in my opinion. Yeah, I, I guess seeing it that way, because um, at first I was just like, this is, what's, like, what is this, bro? Just trying to get all the attention on you or something like that, but um, I guess in another way, 
for him in the to his best chances of winning probably was like you said still in Green Bay anyway. So, um, of course that was the the big domino effect of trying to see where Aaron Rodgers was going to go. Um, so that happens, and then uh, Devontae Adams gets the franchise tag. So um, they stay around and, and click together because obviously if it's a consensus there that if if uh, Aaron Rodgers didn't stay. I'm pretty sure Devontae Adams was going to be gone too. <clears throat> so there, there's that with that, and um, you you know you wake up, you see that, you see the 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 big money deal for Anthony Rodgers, and you're like, okay, you know, hey, big news of the day, that should be it, blase, blase. Oh no, sir, there's more. You thought it was done, and the <laughs> next thing you know, <laughs> you thought it was done, and the next thing you know, a a big massive trade goes down. And it's dealing with Russell Wilson. So Russell Wilson gets sent from Seattle from the Seahawks to Denver um, for um, a fourth-round pick. So Seattle gets uh, Drew Locke, Noah Fant, um, and defensive lineman Shelby Harris, two first-round picks, two second-round picks, and a fifth. And then Denver gets, obviously, Russell Wilson, and then they get a fourth-round pick. Um, they swap this year's and next year's first and second round picks and the fourth and fifth round pick is swapped from next year. Um, so obviously the spectrum on both sides is that Denver is in full win now mode. Um, cause they've seen it. We've seen it happen here the last two years with different trades or signings, um, at the quarterback position that led to that eventual team winning the Super Bowl. Uh, Tampa Bay did it with Tom Brady two years ago. This past season, it was Matthew Stafford um, getting traded from Detroit to Los Angeles and the Rams win the Super Bowl. So, obviously, Denver is thinking, you know, I guess why not us? Let's get, let's go ahead and try to make this move. Because uh, a lot of people always been feeling like that Denver was just a quarterback away from having a complete team and a Super Bowl contending team. Um, so, they're thinking that this is the quarterback that we got. And then obviously Seattle looks like that they're in pretty much full rebuild mode. Uh, so we get done with the Aaron Rodgers thing. We think it's done. And then next thing you know, here's this trade between the Seahawks and the Broncos. When this happened, <laughs> what were you doing then? Initial thoughts of like how everything went down and the outlook for both teams in your perspective. This one surprised me. I was not expecting this. Uh, I know there have been talks and little rumors here and there about potentially Russell Wilson ending up on another squad, going to another team. You know, you see the little edits of him and Steeler uniforms and Titan uniforms and all that type of stuff. Um, but I think this is a good move, a really, really good move for Denver. Um, I am one of those people that, that feel like Denver needed – for Denver to be legit, they need a quarterback. I think they have the weapons. You have Jerry Judy, Courtney Sutton, uh, Tim Patrick Jr. You got KJ Hamlin when he gets back. Javante Williams back there at running back. And you have a – I think you have a sneaky good defense in Denver. Uh, I think their, their defense is sneaky good to where they can make some noise in the AFC. Um we know that Russell Wilson likes to throw deep balls. You have Corlin Sutton and Tim Patrick Jr., who are 
big targets like DK Metcalf where they'll go up and get contested and make those 50-50 catches and things like that. So for me, this is a smart move for them. I know Russ, they could not protect him in, in Seattle at all. He was getting beat up a lot. And um, it just was I, – I, I think it just wasn't working out. I think it was time for a change of scenery with Russell Wilson. So him ending up in in Denver, I think, was a good move. And then Seattle then, then – I'll say this. They lost because you lose your quarterback. You lose your franchise quarterback. But what they got in compensation for him, I think, kind of suffices as long as they hit on those picks. You get a couple – Couple first round picks, you get a couple second round picks. Um, you get some players, no offense. You get Drew Locke. Um, as long as no offense stays healthy, he's one of the up and coming uh, tight ends, young tight ends in the league right now. So they got some compensation for him. Um, but initially, man, I think this is a very, very good move for, for the Broncos getting Russell Wilson. Yeah, I'm right there with you. Obviously, you know. Denver, it had to be done because, I mean, they hadn't had too much success at the quarterback position since Peyton Manning retired. So, I mean, and the times that they drafted and missed on quarterbacks, too, doesn't help. Um, with Seattle, I mean, I, I agree with you with that, too. It, it was it was pretty much the end was near. They wasn't really going to win anything anymore with, with, Russell, with Russell Wilson there. In the NFC West, uh, San Francisco is loaded, and to be honest, I think it doesn't even matter who's the quarterback there. Whether if they find if they keep Jimmy G or if it ends up being Trey Lance, I think that team is solid enough to still be there. Um, uh, the Rams, obviously, as long as they have Matthew Stafford there and everything works out, and they can get certain players to get back in 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 pieces or work some things out, they'll still be loaded. Um, Arizona, I mean, obviously. There's the Kyler Murray situation is troubling, but I mean he's still young. There's still other people there that they're trying to get there. So the 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 division itself alone is loaded, and the fact that Seattle wasn't that competitive this year, uh, it, it was just time, and I don't think that they were gonna be winning anytime soon. So it was just it was just time to go ahead and just pretty much I don't want to say blow it up, but definitely start fresh. Um, and obviously when you look at it for Denver. Getting Russell Wilson offensively, that's a juggernaut over there now. I mean, Russell Wilson, their quarterback. You got a young running back in Javante Williams. Um, they might try to bring Melvin Gordon back uh, to work out that two-headed monster. And then, obviously, you mentioned uh, Cortland Sutton, Tim Patrick. Um, Jerry Judy's there as well. Um, Hamler, uh, the young rookie that they got a year or two ago. The young receiver that they got not too long ago. Um, so, offensively, uh, definitely loaded. I mean, still need a little work on that offensive line, but I would say, in my opinion, Denver's offensive line is better where they are right now than Seattle's. So, uh, Russell Wilson goes to a much improved offensive line, in my opinion. They just need to get it a little bit better. Um, but I mean, like you said, Denver did get some, I mean, not Denver, Seattle did get some nice uh draft capital, a lot of you know, a lot of picks that they can move around and what they can do with. Um, if they want to take a quarterback this year and take one of the quarterbacks, they they can do that since they one of those first round picks is the ninth pick that ninth ninth pick that Denver had. Um, 
they could probably take one of the quarterbacks out of this year's class if they want to, uh, which I think if they do, it'll end up being Malik Willis. Um, if they don't, they can, you know, keep that, take the best player available at that point at nine or move around and do some other things if they want to. Um, let Drew Locks think up the place. They can have a, a bad or worse record than they had this year, uh, than, than they had this past season, this upcoming year. Um, and try to get one of those quarterbacks out of the next draft class, uh, C.J. Stroud, Bryce Young, um, you know, those are the main two guys right there. You know, there's other quarterbacks that's going to be probably coming out of, out of the woodworks too. Um, Seattle can do a lot. Me personally, I think, I know you think that, you know, Denver um, wins wins overall with the trade. I think it's Seattle for now. I think the only way that Denver wins this trade is that they get a Super Bowl out of it or if they make it to a Super Bowl within like these next two to three years. Because that's pretty much what they saying. We're going all in. We want to try to keep, you know, keep whatever we can get here and build off from that and make ourselves Super Bowl contenders. Um, which is not gonna be an easy thing to do because now you look at the AFC West, <laughs> that's Russell Wilson, Derek Carr is solid. Everybody loves Justin Herbert, and I mean Patrick Mahomes. I mean, what more else do we need to say? So it's the, it's that, the Wild West. That bro, that AFC West is gonna be loaded. It's gonna be fun to watch. Is is going to see how interesting it's gonna be? How they take shape? Um, but I, I think right now, just because of how much capital and everything that they got back, as far as making the trade right now. Seattle wins it right now, but it's like you said, if the draft picks don't hit, if they're all duds, then it really don't matter at that point. Denver fleece y'all. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So that 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 is gonna come into play and see what happens later on down the road. But that's why I, that's why I say for right now, I think it works in Seattle favor, just because they just have a lot that they can, you know, move around and play with. Um, but it's just gonna be interesting to see what happens with that. And then after all that gets done, you think, okay, Russell Wilson's trade is the biggest thing that happened that day, which it probably still was. Uh, there was still a lot of moving pieces going around um, in the in the NFL on Tuesday where the Chargers end up making a trade for Khalil Mack. So he's coming from Chicago to L.A. to be with the Chargers. Um, and they also re-signed Mike Williams, let him stay there for three years, $60 million. Um Man, talk about the moves that the Chargers made right there and how much, you know, that fact. I think how much did the Russell Wilson probably trade factor into it? It was like, man, we got to get the, we got to make these moves right here. Well, first, I think that Khalil Mack, uh, <laughs> that Khalil Mack trade had everything to do with Russell Wilson uh, <laughs> getting added, get added to the division. Um in that division, man, you you with the quarterbacks that are in that division, you got to have a pass rusher. You, I mean, you just you have to. And if you go and look, the Raiders have Max Crosby, the Chargers have Joey Bosa, Denver has Bradley Chubb, and the Chiefs have Frank Clark. So now you add Russell Wilson to the picture going to Denver. Them going to get Khalil Mack, who was not only an all pro as a defensive end, as a rusher, but also as an outside linebacker, 
which means he can help in run defense as well. I think that that was the sole reason why they went and got him. Um, I know initially when uh, the trade was made, there were you know probably some questions about whether or not Khalil Mack is washed, or does he still have it? You know, can he can he be the same Khalil Mack that we've grown accustomed to to seeing? And I don't think that one. I think we can. Uh, that's one. But also, I don't think that he has to go out and be the first player to be an all-pro in, in two different positions. I don't think he has to be that guy because the Chargers have Joey Bosa on the other side. So he's going to get a lot more one-on-one opportunities. He'll get more um, opportunities where, you know, he'll be chipped and things like that. But Joey Bosa is going to take the brunt of those double teams and things of that nature. Uh, so he'll be singled up more times than not and give him more free reign to the quarterback when he needs it. Um, and the Chargers will need it this year coming up and for the years to come uh, with these with these quarterbacks in the division. And then the sign of Mike Williams, I believe, probably had something to do with it as well. Um, I think Mike Williams has been a safety net for Joe, for uh, Justin Herbert, excuse me, in the sense of when Herbert just needs to, okay, I just got to throw this ball up. He throws it to Mike Williams. I was watching a couple of days ago, actually, came across a, a compilation of videos of some of the crazy contested catches that Mike Williams has made over the last two years since Justin Herbert has been the quarterback. And there are some throws where it's like, I, there's, there's no reason why you should throw this football at all. <laughs> and he throws it to Mike's, Mike Williams. He trusts him to go up there and make a play and Mike Williams goes and makes the play. So I think them signing him had more to do with Justin Herbert and the comfort level that they have and the repertoire that they have. And also smart for them to keep somebody like Mike Williams on the other side of Keenan Allen too. I think he helps take coverage away from Keenan Allen. Keenan Allen isn't a burner. He's not a, a big 50, 50 ball type of guy either. He kind of, He's a kind of a bigger slot receiver. He runs those outside routes and things of that nature, but he kind of operates more towards the middle of the field and things of that nature. So having that outside threat opposite of him, of Keenan Allen, definitely helps out the Chargers offense and keeping that continuity with their offense. So I like both of the moves that, that the Chargers made. Yeah, the, the moves were pretty good. Um <laughs> For me, I, I was a little shocked on the. I don't want to say shocked, but I'm gonna say surprised more so with the uh, with the re-signing with Mike Williams because I thought maybe you know that uh, they would probably let him walk and maybe he could have got offered you know something even bigger. Um, but I think what factored in is what you said, just the the amount of like cohesiveness and repertoire that he got with Justin Herbert since. Uh, they drafted him two years, two seasons ago, and um, and the fact that kind of for the more for the most part, I mean, he still wasn't like a hundred percent healthy. There was definitely times where he still missed action, but probably these last two seasons was the most healthy as he's been, you know, since he's been in the league. Because that was that's his biggest knock is just not being on the field. Um, so I wasn't quite sure how they were gonna do with that, but um, obviously the cohesiveness that he's gained and the trust that he's gained with Justin Herbert, I think speaks um, a lot of volume to it. Uh, 
for them keeping keeping Mike Williams because I mean they they their receiving court that they do have is is pretty nice. Um, but obviously keeping him there makes him a lot more nice too. So um, that's big moves right there made by the Chargers uh, as well. And then um, a, a couple of other small little um, deal nuggets and everything like that. Uh, the Tennessee Titans re-signed or made a, a big contract move with uh, Harold Landry. I think his was uh, three years or four years for – 87 and a half, 82 and a half million, I believe, or something like that. It was around 80. It was in the 80 million uh, range. Uh, I think he's getting like 25 of it guaranteed. I have to go back and look at the numbers. I don't, I don't have it in front of me, but obviously he was playing on the contract year, and I think he had like 10, 11 or 12 sacks this past season for the Titans. Uh, one of the main reasons why they had such a, a, a pretty solid defense Um and they they make sure a priority to keep him around. So, uh, big move, big nice move right there for the Titans to make get Harry Landry his big payday, um, and everything like that. But it's it's just crazy, bro. How it's just you know I don't even know if he's officially kicked in into the new league year. I think that doesn't start until I think it's next Wednesday that the new league year actually starts. They can do more into free agency, but um. It's just crazy how, bro, even when they're not playing games, bro, the NFL just finds a way just to make news, bro, make headlines. It's just wild to me, bro. Like, that's, that's, is that not crazy? <laughs> no, it definitely is, especially the time of year it is where, like you said, you got these conference tournaments going on, March Madness, the NBA is getting close to the playoff push. And all of a sudden, yeah, all the, all the craziness that was going on with, with Major League Baseball, because the, they were getting ready to start their season, and then all of a sudden, boom, you get a day where all this stuff happens <laughs> in the same day. Um, it is wild, but like you said, that's 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 the NFL for you. It's the NFL for you. At some point, they're they're going to steal the headline, and there'll be more to come because, like you said, the new league year start here soon, and there'll be more moves that will be made and things of that nature. So, this is just the beginning for the NFL. Yes, sir. While while the, this is just the beginning of the NFL, um, the NBA is 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 nearing the end. And obviously, you know, recently we had like a, a huge big trade between you know uh, the Brooklyn Nets and the Philadelphia 76ers where they pretty much moved their guards or their point guards or have you which have you want to position them. Um, obviously, Ben Simmons is now in Brooklyn. James Harden is now in Philly. Um, everybody was looking for looking forward to this matchup. It was highly anticipated. Um, was kind of hoping to see Ben Simmons play, but I kind of I had a feeling that he wouldn't. And hell, Brooklyn didn't need him. <laughs> um, <laughs> I mean, Brooklyn dominated from start to finish. Uh, got the one twenty nine one hundred victory over the seventy sixers. I mean, Kyrie Irving went. Went bananas, brand was like super efficient. Twenty-two points in uh in thirty minutes, eight for seventeen on the field. Um, another just regular double double here for Kevin Durant. Twenty-five okay. points, fourteen rebounds, and then Seth Curry. It, that's crazy, bro. I don't know what's wrong with the teams who never keeps this man on their roster, bro, because he comes back and bites them in the ass and lets yeah. them know, like pause, um, lets them know. <laughs> 
let's still know that like bro y'all should have never got rid of me and i mean 24 points bro 10 for 14 from the field like, i mean just crazy night bro like crazy night from him um and then for the sixers i mean you know of course joel and b did his thing what he could do bro 27 to 12 um Tobias was solid, but I think you should probably get more from him. Tobias Harris was solid, but you should probably should get some more from him. He had 16 points. Um, but, of course, the biggest thing out there was James Harden. He struggled um, last night from the field. But three from 17 is just 11 points. Um, so when you look at this, I know it's just, it's just one game, and, you know, everybody's kind of like – I don't want to say, you know, have like an overreaction to everything, but – I think this is like a one of the signs and one of the things that we talked about when the trade broke out that what we were nervous for about Philly. Like, you know, this 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 tandem is great, but we know that there's times where James Harden has a game like this, and it just seems like it's always happening like in the big games or like the games where it's that high intensity high like playoff like atmosphere and then all of a sudden like he just for some reason he can't shoot the ball like if the if the rim was four feet wide like he would still miss it it's just crazy to me so it's last night um more so about looking to see like we told you how well Brooklyn really could be especially when they have Kyrie Irving there and if if somehow some way if he can find a way to get playing in, in New York, but that's another story for another day. Um, is it more so like Brooklyn, like how well they can be? It's like, we told you so, or is it more so this is very troubling and concerning for Philly? I think this is more concerning for Philly. As, as, as well as B played last night, the the question has been what is James going to do in those big games and Philly traded for you one because you wanted out of Brooklyn that's that's one but also because they believe that you could come in and a combination of you and Joel and B could win a championship you're not beating Brooklyn playing like that you're not beating Milwaukee playing like that. I could almost say you're not beating the Heat. <laughs> the Heat I was, like that I was, either. I was, I was about to almost say it for you, like, hey, I don't know if you could beat Miami playing like that. So, for Philly, you got to figure out, you got to, you got to figure out the offense. James Harden cannot have, you, you can't, you just can't. A seven game series, the only thing that, that Philly would have going for him is that Game seven would be in Philly, and Kyrie wouldn't be able to play in the home games. That's it. That's it. Outside of that, then you, you're not going to beat the you're not going to beat Brooklyn playing like that. You're not going to beat Milwaukee playing like that. You're not going to beat Miami. You you almost might not beat Chicago like that. So they got to figure it out. Is Brooklyn was just too much? It was just too much offense. We talked about it before. Why they traded Seth Curry? Why they added Seth Curry into that into that that package? I have absolutely no clue. 
Uh, that makes no that made no sense to me, and still does it uh, to this day. Why you let go of another shooter, someone that could help space the floor for Joel to be in, in James Harden. Now he's in Brooklyn, where he could go and have a night like he did last night and have twenty four points. Um, and then when Ben Simmons is healthy and he comes back, all it's going to do is buffer the defense, help space the floor even more. Like I, I just. Philly has to figure something out because last night, if last night showed anything, it just showed that they don't, there's not, they don't have enough offense to beat them in seven games. They don't have enough offense. So James Harden's got to figure it out. And uh, Doc Rivers, they had to go to the drawing board and get some, find a way to get some guys on buckets. Yeah, I, I, I'm right there with you. I think it's more so concerning for Philly because it's just like people got to remember before the Kevin Durant injury Brooklyn was like still in like the top I think they were like number two or number three in the east and then obviously the Kevin Durant injury happens and that's when they fall to where they are now so the fact that he's back coming getting ready at the right time they getting healthy guys are playing now granted um who is it? Is Joe Harris out for the season? He's out for the season, right? Yeah, he's out right now. Yeah. No, no, Joe Harris. But the thing is, is the fact that once again we're talking about Seth Curry here. They got Seth there, so there's still at least another shooter there for them. Um, and that's—I mean—that's huge. Whenever I guess they can get Ben Simmons to get out there, to you know, we can see how that goes, and then obviously. At least you know everywhere else besides um, New York. Is it New York, Canada? Is it just New York and Canada? Is it in, in California? Kyrie can pretty much play everywhere else. I mean, it, I don't. It's I really wouldn't want to face this team right now, and I can. That's and I can see why like Vegas is still kind of like high on them, being like, "Nah, I still think they could come out of the East." Even though there's other teams ranked ahead of them right now in the standings, but that's just the standings. It is what it is. It's just wins and losses. But yeah, yeah. I, um, I don't, I don't know what like exactly Philly needs to get done. But they got to get something done to get it, you know, get it together quickly because yeah, it could, it can, it can work out for them to where maybe you know they can maybe possibly you know come out the first round um just because it, you know if they, if the playoffs started now in the first round they would end up playing cleveland i think i would go ahead and still take them over cleveland but then after that if they go into the semis it's going to be my milwaukee and i'm yeah. rolling i'm a, i'm a roll with the bucks i'm a, i'm a bucks and six at that point you know like yeah. i think they can get two guys and that's it so if the the move was made obviously to say like, hey, we want to contend for a championship. We think that this can be a NBA final team. We can get to the finals and possibly win it. Me and you, we both were like, I'm not sure about it anyway. And it's just they gave up so much, and like it feels like Brooklyn didn't give up anything but James Harden. Yeah. So it's just kind of like. In the long run, or long run, short run, long run, it really don't even matter right now. It's just not looking good for Philly. But I mean, it's it's like I said, just a 
uh, just a few more. I mean, just a few more games left here in the season. Um, as as you know, as the the end of the year winds down and everything, so they got until about I think that first or second week of like April. So you know, just literally a month left to get everything together. But um, you know, interesting to see what happens. Obviously, you know, we'll have a little bit more in depth uh, NBA play, uh, NBA talk as as you know weeks come along for sure. Uh, but everybody knows this is if you know a month it is, it's the favorite time of year for some people. And it's March, <laughs> obviously March Madness. Um the NCAA tournament is on the way. Um it's gonna be starting here pretty soon. I think actually next week it'll be starting. Um obviously a lot of conference um a lot of conference tournaments um is 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 underway right now. I wanna say um, that there are a few conferences that's already had their uh, tickets punched, as they would like to say, um, into it. I'm not quite sure who they all are in the, right now, but uh, a lot of a lot of conferences championship games are going to be tomorrow night, if I'm not mistaken. So, um, well, not tomorrow night, but all day tomorrow. So. Um, Gonna be seeing a lot of tickets punched, a lot of teams obviously that's fighting for fighting for at large bids, trying to make it in um into the tournament. Um uh, somebody might get snubbed and end up having to play in the NIT and then somebody who probably doesn't have as good of a resume or maybe not the good of a record might sneak in. Who I mean, you know, we really don't know um right now. Um Joey Brackets, Joey, uh, Joe Lurinardi, right now, he got his top four seeds uh, as number one seeds. Right now, he got his Gonzaga, Arizona, Kansas, and Baylor. Now, obviously, Baylor is out of the Big 12 um, conference tournament now after getting knocked out in the quarterfinals to Oklahoma. So, they're not playing anymore. So, at that point, you're thinking, okay, maybe whoever wins the SEC championship, if it's Auburn, they take that one seed. Well, Auburn loses today in the quarterfinals to Texas A&M. So, I'm pretty sure that takes them out of the running for a one seed. They're probably stuck at two. So, now, I say you're probably looking at uh, – I say you're probably looking at if Kentucky can win out or if Duke wins out in the ACC tournament. Those probably the two teams fighting for that last number one seed. Because um, I think I think the other I think the other three number ones are locks. I think Gonzaga is probably gonna be number one overall. Um, I think no matter what happens to Arizona, they'll probably end up still being a one seed. And obviously, since there's no Baylor now um, in the Big Twelve tournament, Kansas is obviously the prohibitive favorite to go ahead and win the Big Twelve tournament. So they're they're locked in as a one. So it's gonna be down between Duke. And Kentucky um, fighting for that number one seed. And if I'm not mistaken, I want to say Duke. I want to believe that Duke. Um, Duke beat Kentucky, beat Kentucky earlier, this earlier this year. So probably yep. head to head. They'll probably go ahead and give Duke that one seed over. Um, they'll probably give that one seed over. Uh, Kentucky and Kentucky end up will probably end up being a two, but 
when um I know like it, it's kind of hard to kind of watch college basketball unless you're like just you know a big college basketball fan. It's kind of hard for you to watch it from start to finish just because it when it kicks off, you know, football season is still going on, college football season is still going on. So you just kind of like you're like I will get to it when I get to it. <laughs> um, yeah. You know, so it's kind of like you know maybe like. Probably about last month, February is when you kind of maybe start peeking at it a little bit more because you're like, okay, by this point, you know, they've had all the non-conference games. These are all tournament conference games that's playing, and you're just trying to make sure that, you know, your team is at least just taking the form and, and, and getting in shape to where when March comes around, they can be playing their best basketball. Um, but obviously, it's just kind of like when we talk about with the playoffs or, you know, and everything like that, seeding really doesn't matter, right? It's just depending on what bracket you get, who's in your bracket, and the matchups that you can have or possibly have going through each round, right? Yeah. Yeah, you want to try to – once you – seeding does matter in a sense at, some, at, at a certain point because you want to you try to avoid some of those – some of the better teams until you get to – those Sweet 16, uh, Elite 8 rounds and everything like that. You don't want to have to play a top-notch team in the round of 32 or anything like that because of the seeding. So um, it's going to be big this year. You'll have some teams that who probably believe that they're a number one seed. They'll get number twos. Like I believe that Auburn is probably sitting here thinking, man, we should be a number one seed. Um, so that loss definitely hurts them. Um, and everything like that. So uh, we'll we'll see. We'll see what happens, especially, I mean, Auburn beat Kentucky earlier this year as well. You got Baylor. Baylor lost. I, I believe that they should be a number one seed, although it's always Rock Chalk Jayhawk uh, going with my, my Kansas my Kansas Jayhawks. Um, but Baylor has been one of the better teams in the, in the country all year, wire to wire. So with them losing – that's another squad who probably feels that they should be a number one seed as well. So in some, in some of those respects, it's definitely going to uh, play a factor. But at the end of the day, it's one and done. I mean, we finally saw a 16 seed be the one seed and everything. I don't do, I think it will happen this year. No, but at the end of the day, anything can happen. So they have, they, they got to show up. These teams have to show up and play regardless um, when it comes tournament time this week. So, but we'll see how this weekend finishes out. This weekend is going to help determine, like you said, uh, the, that last, those last two, those last two spots for the, uh, really that last spot, excuse me, for the one seed uh, in this NCAA tournament. Yeah. So, uh, according to Joey Brackets, um, teams right now that's like the last four buys. So I guess like maybe some of the ones who could be. Um, Dealing with a couple of playing games. He has Miami, Rutgers, Michigan, and Notre Dame. Um, obviously, I think Michigan and Notre Dame is out. Rutgers, I believe, is out. Uh, Miami just lost to Duke tonight in the semis, but I think I think Miami is I think Miami is in. I, they shouldn't have any problems. Um, you got your, the last four in. He has, according to to this so far tonight, uh, is. Wyoming, Indiana, Xavier, and Wake Forest. Well, Xavier and Wake Forest are already out. Um, Indiana ended up beating Illinois, so they're in the semis, if I'm not mistaken, for the Big Ten Conf tournament. Uh, so that's 
helping him a lot even more. Uh, his first four out, he has SMU, Dayton, Virginia Tech, and Oklahoma. Well, uh, I'm not sure what the Oklahoma score is, but Virginia Tech is up big on North Carolina, so that's going to help. I believe Dayton ended up getting the victory today, and I think SMU won today as well. So those teams are probably still trying to bolster up and uh, get in there. And his next four out is Texas A&M, BYU, VCU, St. Bonaventure. Well, St. Bonnie's lost to St. Louis today. Um, I'm not sure if VCU is in. I don't know if they're still in there. Uh, in the uh, AC and the A. And what 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 conference they in? VCU. I almost got the AST. I'm thinking about Wichita State. That's a different school. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I'm not. Yeah, I'm just saying. I'm not sure. Uh, yeah, I'm um, not too sure. I, Texas A&M big win over Auburn. So obviously they're still alive, but they. They got to beat Arkansas and then probably and then got to face the winner between Tennessee and Kentucky. So tough to say. Um, so how how it's looking? I mean, how it's looking? Uh, I think Indiana might be a lock to get in too. So um, I think regardless, I think they made enough to to get in there. Um, his big note that he made, and this was before. Um, all the games with some of the games from the finals today. One of his big notes was in Conference USA, North Texas had to pretty much win the conference tournament. They had to get the automatic bid to get into the tournament. He was like, if they lost to Louisiana Tech in the semis, that they were not going to get in. So that was going to send them straight to the NIT. Well, North Texas lost to Louisiana Tech 42 to 36. Um, so. North Texas is heading straight to the NIT. So now there's a basically a bid still that just happened in Conference USA. So that doesn't help for teams probably like SMU and Dayton <laughs> while those automatic those teams in those other conferences and getting the automatic qualifiers that they need to be in this bid stealers. That's that's tough. And um I think in the finals now it's gonna be Louisiana Tech and UAB because um, UAB beat MTSU in triple overtime in the semis and conference USA. So I'm pretty uh, sure UAB. Yeah, yeah, man. They they it, it was crazy, but tough. Um, yeah. But oh, he 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 has. Then that's crazy. He has UAB actually sitting right here on that next like line of that next four out. So UAB pretty much has to win against Louisiana Tech to to get in, or they're probably not gonna make it either. Into the NCAA yep. tournament, um, the only the only uh, conferences that uh, Joey Brackish thinks that's going to have multi bids that can get multi bids is the obviously the the Power Fives, the Big Tens, Big East, SEC, the Big Twelve, and the ACC, uh, and the the Pac Twelve. Even though it's not many, but they'll get multi bids. Um, mm. He has the Mountain West with possibly four teams getting in. Um, the West Coast Conference can get in with three teams. Uh, possibly is what he's saying, and then the American with two, which I think that's probably going to be. Um, I think Memphis is a lock now to get in, um, and, and Houston. So I'm thinking that's the two that he has in there, which they can probably possibly meet up again. I think for the um, conference championship, which I believe Memphis defeated. Um, I believe they beat UCF, which they did in the quarters. So um, interesting to see how. That's gonna go in the um, in the American. 
Um, since I'm, I'm wondering who's left in that. Yeah. So it's probably going to be. Yeah, so this, they got the semis tomorrow. So it's going to be Memphis and SMU. So obviously SMU is probably trying to. They need a win. Um, at least probably get to the conference championship game and who they'll possibly will end up probably be Houston because Houston plays Tulane. Houston should win that one pretty easily um, to probably get another bid for the American. But it is what it is. It's all these is uh, going along. So here are the uh, automatic bids that's going to be already in the NCAA tournament, which we call this a segue. In the Ohio Valley, we have Murray State. Um, coming out of the Big South, we got Longwood. Uh, the Missouri Valley Conference, Lawyer Chicago is in it again. Shout out to uh, yeah. Sister Jean. Shout out to Sister Jean. Sister Jean, <laughs> get it done again. <laughs> right. Back at Man, it again. That's crazy. Um, in the Southern Conference, we got Chattanooga, UT Chattanooga, uh, which UC. won a crazy buzzer beater that they won it with. Um, Boy. It was, that was, it was wild. Uh, Georgia State from the Sun Belt. Okay. Uh, out of the North Northeast Conference, we got Bryant, and then the uh, Colonial um, Athletic. I think that's the CA. I think that's them. We got Delaware. Um, but the biggest story is coming right now. So far, it's coming out of the Atlantic Sun Conference, the A Sun. So. Obviously, you know, college basketball does the regular season champion and then there's their conference champion. Um, I, I think trying to reward someone as a, reg, as a regular season cha- in basketball, I think it's kind of dumb. But I guess since they do it in football, I guess you, you have to do it. Uh, I think just giving somebody a regular season title is kind of like retarded. Like Maybe I shouldn't say that word, but... I don't know. Whatever. You have the regular season champion, and then obviously they play the conference tournament to seed everybody, and then you play for it to see who gets the conference tournament and who actually gets the automatic bid. Well, over in the A-Sun, <laughs> um, how they did it was they broke down um, their teams by divisions, just like the Conference USA did. So you had the East and the West. So it kind of like interchanges, interlock to where, you know, um, Pretty much, it's kind of like the West, a West team, a Western Division team will probably play an Eastern Division team, and whatever happens, happens. If you end up a Eastern team plays an Eastern team, or a Western Division team play a Western Division team, it just happens. It is what it is. So there's this school, um, and I believe it's pronounced Bellarmine. If I'm if I'm mispronouncing it, then my bad. But it was a former D two D two school who's making the transition now into D one. So they're in D one. Uh, but they, I think, ended up being like the two seed in their division. Um, they went on to defeat top seeded Liberty and ended up getting into the conference championship game. Okay, well, Jackson State, who was the number one seed in the other side of the in that same division, was on the other side of the bracket, played Jacksonville in the semis. Jacksonville defeats Jackson State. So now it's Jacksonville against Bellarmine. Well, here's the problem. Bellarmine is making their transition from D2 to D1. So technically, they're not eligible for the NCAA tournament. I think it's some dumb rule that the NCAA got, which the NCAA has a lot of dumb rules, um, 
to where I guess there's a transition to where the school just has to wait, I think, two or three years, four years before they can be eligible for the NCAA tournament, which I think that's just that's just BS. But so with that happening, all Jacksonville had to do was to beat uh Bellarmine and obviously they get the automatic qualifying bid for the conference. But if they lost to Bellarmine, then Jacksonville State, because of them being the regular season champions, would get the automatic bid for the conference. And yes, you guessed it, Bellarmine beats Jacksonville. So instead of Jacksonville, who beat Jacksonville State, Jacksonville <laughs> State, who didn't even Jacksonville State, who didn't even play in the conference championship game, goes to the NCAA tournament. What the hell? Yeah. <laughs> like I... never witnessed anything like this before, bro. I, I was I was like kinda like trying to figure out what was going on because I'm seeing it, you know, go on my social media and I'm like, well, what, did they get like in trouble? I'm thinking like, dang, did the school get in trouble or something? Like, but, you know, they just on a, on a probation or whatever like that. And it's just because they're making a transition, which I think that's just so dumb that this is going on. Yeah. Um, but I guess I don't know if that has something to do with the ASUN bylaws and how they rule everything that they just automatically give it to the regular season champion. If that's the case, then we need to do away with regular season champions because they didn't even earn that automatic bid. Like, if that was the case, if Bellarmine took out Liberty and we knew that, then why don't you just say whoever is winning between Jacksonville and Jacksonville State is just going to be the de facto automatic bid? It, you know, the 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 transition rule for the NCAA it is what it is. I, I don't. I don't fight the NCAA with their dumbass rules because you know how that is, and they just they just got a lot of them. So you can you can be all night dealing with that. Yeah. But the fact that, I, bro, like, what do you do? Like, how do you how do you even celebrate that if you Jacksonville State? And then like, how does Jacksonville feel? Plus, how does like Bellarmine feel knowing that? I mean, granted, I'm pretty sure they were aware. But then what's even more messed up is they won't even let them play in the NIT tournament. Yeah, I got a couple problems with this. So my first issue is the whole transition and from D2 to D1, four years. If they weren't ready, then why move them to D1? What's the need of the transition years? If they're not ready, leave them at D2. Obviously, they got to be ready, at least in men's basketball, because they won the conference tournament. So, at some point, the, the, the transitional four years where they can't play any postseason makes no sense to me at all. At all, whatsoever. Because now you got a team who won the conference tournament who should be in the NCAA tournament is not going. Then you have the team that was the runner-up in the conference conference, uh, tournament not going because the regular season champ is going. We had a conversation in the group the other day about this, about the difference. I told y'all I didn't like the, the title regular season champs. 
that they have for college basketball. I don't like that at all because nobody cares about who was the regular season conference champ. When you ask who was the conference champion, who was the who won the SEC men's basketball, y'all gonna say, "Oh yeah, uh, for Kentucky won the conference tournament." Boom. No one remembers that Auburn was the regular season champ. We we put tournaments and college basketball. Those two words go hand in hand. College basketball, tournaments, whether it be NCAA, March Madness, or conference tournaments, those two go together. So whoever wins the conference champion, the conference tournament, that's it. One champion. One. That's it. How Jacksonville State is going to the tourney and didn't even play for the conference t- championship is beyond comprehension for me. If I was Jacksonville, I'd be hot. I would be hot. Because not only did we play for the conference championship, we beat the team that's going to the dance. So I think they need to fix the whole, the transition years, the four years. I think that's, they need to change that. They need to do something with that. I don't like that rule at all. And then on top of that, I don't like the rule that now, and I guess that's maybe why you have, I don't want to say that. I was about to say, I guess that's why you have that, the regular season champs, we have that in place for situations like this, but even still, who cares you the regular season champ of the SC, like of, of the ACL? Who cares? You didn't win the tournament, so you you the way you get the way you get into the NCAA tournament is that you win the tournament, you win the conference tournament, and the fact that you didn't even play for it to me, Jacksonville should be in it, not Jacksonville State. But that's the NCAA. That's how they run it. They got to look into that and get the changes some stuff around because I don't. I don't like that rule. I don't like that rule at all. Yeah, yeah. The I mean, and the 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 A son got to get some blame for this too because I, I that has the, I think like I said, I think the transition rule with the NCAA that's fine. I, at this point, like for me, for me personally, I'm not going to even fight that because, like I said, if that's the case, we got so many other dumbass rules that we need to get rid of for the NCAA, and that could take. The, almost the rest of our lifetime, probably, <laughs> to 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 get them situated and how much they just don't do anything right. But the A son got to get some blame for this too. Why is that even a part of like your rules or bylaws that the just automatically de facto give that to the regular season champion? Like, it, I feel like if that you know what I'm saying, like there's no way that that's just, Jacksonville State should not be in this, bro. Like, I, there's just no, there's no logical explanation. Who, cause who could, who could, who gives a damn if they was a regular season champion? No one gives a damn if they the regular season champion. They didn't win, like you said, they didn't win the conference tournament. They didn't win the tournament. That, that's like, it's like that's what you're supposed to do. So it's just I, that that makes no sense to me. And then I feel like. The fact that you still won't even let Berlamain play in the NIT, like, you could at least give them that if you ain't going to let them get the automatic bid in the NCAA tournament. Like, at least let them play yeah. in the NIT, man. I mean, goodness Can't even gracious. play in that. 
can't even play in that one. So that's they won the conference. They won wild. the conference, and then it's just like, well, y'all just go sit home and watch these. Well, you know, y'all just go sit home and watch these tournaments, and we'll catch y'all next year. And like, year after that, like, bro, this ain't. <laughs> This ain't this ain't like when you when you see if we're undefeated and they out here just calling themselves de facto national champions and they ain't play for it. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like they really earned this. They did. They earned it. They like won they it. earned it. They earned they, the, they earned the right you... to play. So I don't. It's I, I just don't like that. I don't like that transition rule, man. I just don't. I don't. Like I said, if if they weren't ready, if if the team wasn't ready to move to D one, then don't move them to D one. That's it. It should be a, oh yeah, we're gonna let you move to D one and and we're gonna make you wait four years before you're able to play in a conference before you're able to play in a national uh national tournament or go to a bowl game or anything like that. You gotta wait. So just just hold off on that. That just that doesn't make any sense. If they're not ready, then don't move them. If they're ready, then they're ready. So but you know. NCAA, man, right? NCAA, fix fix this, fix our rules. Hey, son, please change that, cause that's. I don't know. Who's who's like who's who's to say Bellarmine doesn't come back and win it again? You know, you know what's funny though, is That's probably not the only conference that has that rule in place. You might be, you might be right. That's probably not the the athletic. That's probably not the only conference that has that rule in place where if the conference champion for some reason can't play in the NCAA tournament, the regular season champ then takes that automatic bid. That's probably not the only squad. So it's unfortunate, but it is what it is. Yeah. Super wild, bro. That's, that's crazy. Um, Oh, I, I, let me go back. I actually forgot a few other schools who have uh, automatic bids. I don't want to discredit them like that. Who else? Delaware. Uh, the Horizon League, we got Wright State um, in the Summit. We got South Dakota State and the Patriot League. Uh, there's uh, Colgate. So, obviously, what we're, only ones we're waiting on is, of course, you know, some of the bigger conferences. Uh, still waiting on the Ivy League. I thought they'd be done by now. Um, hmm. But obviously, we're just waiting on the American, the ACC, America East, uh, A10, Big 12, Big East, Big Sky, Big 10, Big West, CUSA, the Ivy League, the Mid-American Athletic Conference, the MAC, the MEAC, Mountain West, Pac-12, SEC, Southland, the SWAC, the WAC, and West Coast Conference, which I think some of those, we kind of know who's that's going to automatically go to but obviously that's just I think the automatic bids is kind of like just half of the field and at that point we get into the at larges. Um you know some of these schools are locked and then some of these schools are gonna be sitting up here trying to figure out what's gonna happen. Uh but man next crazy 24 48 hours is gonna happen. Um can't wait to see um who gets in, who gets left out and Get ready for these tournament games, man. Getting ready here to uh go ahead and wrap up this episode. Uh man, you got any um you got any last little words, remarks, um, comments? 
man, it's always grateful to be able to come on and, and do the show as, as usual. Um, always, as I've, as I say before, you know, before, always, um, looking to, um, improve the show in any way that we can, um, and everything like that, especially, you know, with our, you know, we got things going on and everything, um, in both of our lives and stuff. So always looking for ways to improve the show and keep moving um, in the upward trajectory. So always happy to, to do to do a podcast. Um, continue to seek out your purpose. Um, I think that once again, that's that's been big for me over this last, I would say, if not a year, over the last six months, really is just finding out what your purpose is, and and um, once you find it, moving and putting all your energy and focus towards that, um, finding your purpose for why you're here on this on this earth and everything like that. Continue to give things to be grateful for the things that you have, um, and keeping for the faith. It, uh, for the things that you don't keeping the faith and trusting and believing that you will have the things that you don't have right now um, so just continue to stay safe um, and everything like that stay healthy please don't be out here doing nothing dumb nothing stupid um, if you're in Tennessee I know Sanders is saying you know stuff about this the snow and everything so if you're in Tennessee be smart don't be out driving all crazy and everything like that especially if it snows um, I would imagine a lot of people aren't going to be on the road anyways if it snows um, <laughs> regardless. But continue to stay blessed and uh, find that, that inner peace. Find that inner peace. Find that purpose and go after it. That's it. Man, yes, sir, man. I, I always appreciate you um, coming in and coming on the the. The, the podcast with me, bros. It's always great to have you on here with me. Uh, before I go any further, we're gonna give you a a big shout out, big congratulations to you, bro. You know, recently you just got promoted uh, to be in the, the full time assistant now. <laughs> you know, <laughs> I'm about to say, throw that this, on there. What this man talking about? <laughs> hey, man, hey, that man, man hey, my yeah. boy been grinding so much, he ain't even thinking. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, man. I appreciate it, man. I appreciate it for sure. Yeah, it's uh, we um, we working. Like you said, man. Been grinding, man. I got goals and, and aspirations and things that I want to do, and um, I don't plan on stopping until I get to them. So I appreciate that. I appreciate it for sure. Yeah, no problem, bro. <laughs> but uh, yeah, y'all continue to you know continue to be safe out here. Um. Dealing with whatever type of weather that you might be dealing with. It's rain, sun, snow, <laughs> whatever, man. Y'all just continue to be safe um, and uh, uplift one another. Um, you know what I'm saying? Make sure we, we keeping um, our thoughts and prayers together for every everything that's going on in the world right now. I, I won't even go too deep into that, but y'all know what I mean by that. So uh, just... Just just be safe, you know, be aware of surroundings, make sure everything is all right. 
Oh uh, man, love black women, cherish black women, protect black women. Uh, no means no. No means no. You know, it's a spring break for some people. Spring break coming up. It is a. I don't know if you know the the spring break trips are as big as they was back where you know when we was in school not too long ago. You know, because I know things is different now because there's COVID and all that stuff. I don't know how the travel restrictions are anymore, but hey, that rule still applies, man. Just do what you got to do. Do it with consent. We don't need don't no issues. Yeah, we don't, don't need. Yeah, we need. We don't need no no issues, man. No issues. Um, for everyone who who keeps uh, listening and subscribing and um, showing us support, man, keep doing it. Uh, spread the word out, uh, man. We we're good for any feedback. If you got any feedback that you want to see um, improved on the show, um, any you know suggestions or whatever, we're, we we one hundred percent open to it. We don't mind it like at all, uh, for sure. Uh, so definitely, you know, those who are like listening every episode for however long you've been listening to, and as you know, you've been a big supporter of it, and you can want to continue to support. We do not mind if you hit us up either on the Instagram or the Twitter. It really doesn't matter um, to give us any type of feedback or suggestions that you might want to see here on on the on the podcast. We're definitely open to it. Um, like and subscribe to it though, man. It's you know, of course, uh on Apple, um, Google, Spotify, wherever you get your podcast from. Um those who listen to it on SoundCloud, appreciate your support on that as well. Um, those who follow the Instagram, follow the Twitter, appreciate your support on that. Continue to follow us uh on those social medias. Um EMS underscore podcast underscore is the Instagram and podcast underscore EMS is the Twitter. Uh, be sure to just man keep supporting us with that um, try to get us more subscribers listening in and everything like that and obviously you know Lord willing we'll be back here for another episode man until then this is the Easy Money Sports Podcast peace